Sean cries like a baby. Take 19,272. Yeah, Sean does not cry like a baby. But anyway, in Sean the, cries like a big baby. In part two of today's podcast, we are going to be talking about what's recently happened in China with Xi Jinping and the resultant one-day increase in crypto prices that was the one the biggest one day yeah. increase in bitcoin's price in history apparently yeah and we got very lucky we well <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we should get into the lucky side of things just yet um you, you make your own luck man anyway uh so in case you didn't know on friday last week the chinese president xi jinping came out and in a kind of u-turn so this is a 180 degree turn from china's previous policy and stance mm -hmm. on crypto and on blockchain in general and what they're looking to do is essentially advance their chinese technology sector and make it fixated and focused on blockchain technology and in and i'm not going to say this verbatim but essentially to outdo in chinese. i'm not going right. to say it verbatim oh, maybe not for the listeners maybe but they want to outdo rivals and that kind of comes from a quote that she said himself uh, they want to outdo international rivals when it comes to blockchain development that's and, very chinese i mean just think about this right so you've got a very centralized government that controls mm. pretty much every single part of society that wants to be building a decentralized technology but it doesn't need to be decentralized mm. but it's more of a tamper-proof technology i guess well it's not like anyone would tamper with anything in china right like they they're quite uh, except for hong kong how is this tamper-proof it's not tamper-proof. It's zero tamper-proof. <laughs> I mean, because look, who controls it can tamper with it. Yes, but that's look, what I'm saying. What it, what it does tamper-proof as, tamper as in... Outside of the government. Yeah, a government gets to prevent people from tampering with systems. Right. Well, they do that yeah. with fear okay. of military retaliation. <laughs> like, they're just kidnapping. No, but there's actually a very but interesting... In any case. No, there's a very interesting, I think, component where Westerners kind of look at China and they're like, oh my God, Chinese live in like complete fear. And I mean, you've been there. Yeah. And I don't think Chinese live in fear. From the conversations I've had with people... Who are outside China. No, in China, <laughs> who are, who've lived in China, right? Yeah. They don't have the same kind of fear of government. I mean, people... Cryptocurrencies are illegal in China. Like the actual cryptocurrency exchanges are illegal. People still deal with cryptocurrencies in China. You still got exchanges that make a ton of money dealing with crypto clients. Well, they're not based in China, one. They, no. they work with people who live in China. Mm -hmm. And most of the people that use any type of services, they use some sort of VPN, which there is a consistent battle of closing VPN access and all these different things. But that's illegal. And they're still doing it. I know. It. And yeah. people are still doing it. But they have a lot of people like to please, right? <laughs> I mean, they've got a lot of people. So like they're yeah. getting around to them. Don't worry. Yeah. Sure. No, but literally, because when I was there, there is a lot of police presence or military presence like, all over the place, right? So like I went through quite a few just checkpoints going randomly through like I wasn't even in like a tourist area just like you have to keep your passport like well especially during the tourist area you can't go into like the any of the what was it called the palace oh, I can't remember the name anyway that like awesome palace thing if anyone's listening they can tell us what it was um, in Beijing yeah the Forbidden City um, but basically in there like literally no passport they turn you away so they just want to make sure but from that perspective not blockchain um, I actually think that the aim that they're trying to achieve with it is actually interoperability of companies in China and people like accepting payments without having these centralized systems. And by centralized, I mean like Chinese government looking at like Alibaba being like this very centralized. Like they don't really want that, which I think is a great move internally. It doesn't really go towards the like principle of decentralization, which I mean, 
this then it's technically a database. They're building a better database for all of the people in China to use. That's it. Well, yeah, they wanting to build. I wouldn't necessarily even say a better database. Uh, because we, I think at this point in time, blockchain isn't necessarily a better database system. Only when it's completely decentralized, it is very, very efficient, inefficient. Inefficient. So yes. if it's centralized or like de like delegated proof of stake or something like that, mm -hmm. it's actually really, really quick. So the only thing is it's very transparent, so everyone keeps a copy, but you only have a few different validators. So you can have Alibaba, all those different people validating some sort of intercompany payment settlement, which will be very, very transparent to the Chinese government. Yeah. So I, to I everyone think, else, it will also be transparent, but you can't do anything about it. So I think it's taking a step back, right? So yeah. we know that China is working towards a digital currency and they're wanting to launch that within the next few months. Mm. That is more likely they're not going to need to run on some sort of a centralized system. And is that going to be a centralized blockchain that the, uh, the Chinese government launches? A fully permissioned blockchain means that the government will have permission over, you know, who's able mm. to interact on this blockchain, uh, how transactions will occur, et cetera, et cetera. You know, is that going to be something that China is now going to take the lead on? Are they going to be a global pioneer in digital currencies? And I mean, by digital currencies, I mm. mean fiat equivalents of uh, sovereign currencies. I think if you, yeah, I mean, like this, not to move off China completely, but the, the country that would benefit the most from doing something like this would be the US because of the, the reserves that people keep of the dollar all around the world. So it is literally the most distributed currency across the entire planet, um, it would actually be better for them. Whereas nobody really holds on to like yen um, or what's the other one? Renum, what yeah. is Renminbi. Yeah, nobody like holds on to that as like a reserve currency. They should maybe, but like in any case, yeah. I just see it as an it's efficiency it's driver internally. And whether they do it completely permissioned, I doubt. I think they'll probably have like some sort of semi-permissioned thing where you can interact with the blockchain but to actually do any type of monetary transfer or whatnot, you would have to have a verified identity, which would be linked to your already socially managed profile. So all of that, like I think they've got, and I think one thing that China is very good at from having spent some time there, they are incredibly good at putting, it's, it's the role of the regulator a lot of the time to drive, I would say, build the road for innovation. So what they did with cashless payments is they actually just said, you know, in certain industries, you have to have cashless payments. There's always this like gray area of why did they do that? Is it because they can then like manage exactly what you're buying? But from that perspective, they said, look, everywhere that does XYZ has to have cashless payments. Um, and that like some people just stopped accepting cash. Like I struggle to pay with cash in some places. And if you if you actually think about that as a role of a regulator to say, move forward, this technology is better, it'll save costs, it'll be better for our country's development. This is a great move from their perspective because it will. It will increase the, I would say, decrease the friction on a lot of trade. It will increase, I guess, transparency in certain cases, but that's not usually a problem in China. Um, yeah, but I, I think you make a very good point that it's, it's increasing efficiencies in certain areas and potentially removing uh, middlemen that aren't providing value. So I think something that's really interesting about uh, digital money or programmable money is that you can have a whole bunch of admin built into the money itself. So when money yeah. is moved from Louis to myself, uh, the blockchain uh, that the Chinese government will use will be able mm. to say, well, this money is with Louis and it has now been moved to Sean. There doesn't need to be a bank that steps in and yeah. goes, okay, right, let's debit this one account, credit this account. Yeah. Let's make sure that the regulators are bank settlement. There's none of yeah. that. There's also, no, there's also no issue with reporting from a bank perspective because banks have to report on whose money is being held where and it moves all the time. And if you, like, if you look at the number of transactions that actually go on in China, 
digitally. It is in, it's crazy. I mean, the last mile delivery is orders of magnitude bigger than here. Most people will just literally order food like two, three times a day. Don't even cook at home. Literally just order it or get delivered. It's, it's a completely different way of looking at it. Mm. When you look at that number of small transactions, I can't see a better way in which they could manage this. Yeah. Um, and like you said as well, programming the money to have laws associated with it. I think China really wants to have a very, very firm grip on monetary policy when it comes to who's doing what, who can hold money, who they can stop from holding money. Uh, when they know something's going on, how can they analyze what's going on in their economy? If they can move this all into a very transparent and almost remove any type of manual reporting from anything, legitimate, they'll have, they will have such a great tool to, to do what they do with that tool, completely different yeah. system. But like they'll have a really great tool to move forward as a society very, very quickly. Yeah, I think it'll be great to see. It's going to be incredibly disruptive, though. If you think mm. about the number of middlemen that currently exist in the financial system, I mean, most of the banks kind of act as compliance um, yeah. intermediaries, right? And they make sure that the system's working. So without the requirement to have that compliance intermediary, you're going to see a lot of a banks, lot of banks fail, lose personnel, yeah. right? Which yeah. I think is going to be incredibly disruptive and probably why China's started out now where they're wanting to test their digital currency. Well, as is speculated, mm -hmm. with the banks themselves and yeah. the big payment providers like Tencent and mm -hmm. you know, Alipay, et cetera, et cetera, and then move into the more retail market. But anyway, we, we digress yeah. from, I think, the initial conversation. But it was coming back to, so we had the Senate hearings last week with uh, Mark Zuckerberg mm -hmm. and the whole Libra kind of story and saga is kind of still playing out. But I think China kind of, you know, or Xi Jinping making the statements that he has about blockchain development, the announcements that have happened over the past weeks about the Renumbi potentially being digital and the introduction of that digital currency, you know, all of that together is now perhaps paving the way for China to be the leader and the pioneer in this digital currency space. Now, what is the retaliatory, retaliatory, what is the retaliation that the US is going to do or what are they going to do? Well, let's be real, the US has based most of it and this is why they always they all like everyone always used to call china like a follower economy like they would copy a lot mm -hmm. of things from the u.s this is the first case in which you're actually now seeing them and and they're very used to making very very swift like i would say unanimous decisions for everybody on what they're going to move to yeah. <laughs> that's the nicest way i can put it um and i'm really excited to see because i think if they actually decide to do it it will be done in like a year yeah. Whereas the US will talk shit about it for like ever. Yeah. Like the, literally. The big irony here is that China's, I suppose, ability to move really quickly and make things happen could mean that, and if you didn't watch the Senate hearings last week, Mark Zuckerberg got absolutely grilled by, I don't know if it was 85 different congressmen and women, and it was They're just rather. Older. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah. it was pathetic to watch. But um, beyond that, he got yeah. absolutely annihilated, and all these people could essentially be turning their tone around and being a lot more positive towards Libra because what else does the US have? There's no digital dollar on the way to my knowledge. <sighs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of commentary and we could probably do a whole com conversation on Libra. I just kind of found it kind of interesting to watch Mark Zuckerberg in a com talking about something that wasn't privacy. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it was quite refreshing for a, for a change. Um, He's actually, to be honest, a lot of that was, I mean, it was like yeah. five and a half hours long, but most of it, and there's like hair floating around. Yeah, yeah I know. I've, been, <laughs> I've really been struggling. <laughs> but uh, no, a lot of it was about privacy and about gender equality. I mean, we're talking about money. I mean, let's yeah. be real. Like, it's just, we don't need it. Those Senate hearings yeah. are yeah. Yeah, not inefficient, yeah. put it that way. But in any case, I think 
if we close off the topic of China with their new blockchain stance, I'm actually really excited to see whether they follow through on it. China doesn't really say stuff they're not going to do. Um, whereas like there's usually like a bunch of like faffing around with other countries because they actually don't have the power to unanimously go do it, whereas China does. So I'm really stoked to see what happens, if it goes well. If it doesn't, don't really matter to me. Yeah, and I think if you think about this, right, the best performing cryptocurrencies since mm. the announcement on Friday have been the Chinese cryptos. Yeah. You've seen Tron, you've seen Cardano, you've seen Neo. All yeah. of them have had 40% gains. And Mad, hey? it is pretty insane. And, and they're in the bundles. There you they go. are in the bundles. Boom! Sorry, shame, shame is fine. Sorry, I had to. But, I mean, you they can put had, that in the beginning of the podcast. But they've had such significant increases because, you know, they trade on a lot of Chinese exchanges. Mm. They have previous investment from predominantly Chinese investors. And they're all platform-focused cryptocurrencies. Mm. So they provide the infrastructure in order for the smart money or this digital money to be able to move or perhaps securities, so like stocks and whatever, to be on mm. the blockchain and move in the future. Perfect. On the blockchain, I sound like my mom here. On the blockchain. I, know, Sorry, I fully understand it. There yeah. is a block and there are many of them in a chain. Yeah. That's basically... That's the blockchain. That's how yeah. you explain it. So, yeah. Cool. So I think, you know, if there's any final closing comments from your side, speak now, forever hold your peace. <laughs> okay. Well, I've actually never had somebody not say something when I've said that. So. I'm just fucking with you. Hey, <laughs> man. Oh, come on. Again. Damn it. Anyway, I'll try harder next time, Tian. I'm sorry. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's close on. Cheers. Okay. So thanks very much for listening to our podcast.